Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Lost in Space. Today we'll be covering the eighth episode from Lost in Space titled Trajectory. Number eight, how did we get there? Yeah. Um, But first, a word from this week's sponsor, BZRK Audio. Oh, Rima, do you like to traject your audio quality (laughs) and your audio sounds like a long distance so everybody can know that you're bouncing to some mean mean beats? I do. (laughs) I have the thing for you. BZRK Audio tweeters. We've been talking about these guys for a few weeks now. Have some great tweeters you can add to your stock speakers to help extend your mid-range response and it'll add clarity and detail to your voice strings horns and more bzrk audio is on amazon ebay and it's a super super great prices and you know it's they come to you real quick they're a great 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 deal so if you want to help your speakers out go to bzrkaudio.com or you can search on amazon and ebay and just remember when you get these bzrk audios just remember you go berserk Berserk. Let them know you're coming with BZRK Audio. Thanks, yeah. guys. Oh, that should be their slogan. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Checks in the mail, right, fellas? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no, edit that out. Um, all right. I'm 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 really excited to, to talk about this episode. This episode made me really excited. And uh, I mean, every episode has been pretty exciting, I thought, and has had some action stuff. Um, a little bit of sadness here and there and, and uh, mood, but this one had me excited again. What do you think? This, uh, this did the Walking Dead thing to me. Huh? So at the beginning of it, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm watching. All right, I'm kind of I'm kind of fighting through it. I'm kind of, okay, mm-hmm. come on. And I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm about to check out, about to check out. And then, oh, no. boom, cliffhanger. Good yes. cliffhanger, too. Really good cliffhanger. I'm surprised we have differing opinions on this one. This should be interesting then once we dive into our top five. So um, let's not hold back. Sean, why don't you start it off then with your number five? All right. So my number five uh, is just simply the opening. So when this kicked on, um, I was a tiny bit confused that maybe I had skipped an episode. Um, More so just Mm -hmm. like I felt like we're kind of dropped into the situation of, you know, the the – politician pol- the political family getting ready you know the dars getting mm-hmm. their ship ready getting trying to take off and you know the robinsons marine and john are kind of coming on this situation and we get to see him kind of being lovey-dovey for a bit but um i just kind of felt like i missed something like i know in the last episode we found out that oh this thing was happening but it felt like we as as we talked about this show there's times where the show feels like it's kind of taking a little bit too long to do some things. Mm-hmm. But this was an instance that I felt like there's probably some story that they could tell that they kind of skipped over and jumped right into the action. Um, and it kind of had a very like, and then when they come up, you know, see the situation happen, they're getting ready to take off. John goes into like mission impossible mode. Yeah. So, you know, he's jumping on the ship. He's trying to do all this thing. Um, I love that. Yeah. And then Marine keeps him on the phone. It's kind of cliche. And again, you know, this show's kind of fun, does some things with that, but I kind of felt like there should have been a better lead up to that specific event. Um, and then it kind of climaxed a little quickly. It was like, it was like, I, you know, a big, big build up and then done. <laughs> if I had a nickel. Right. <laughs> wow. But I'm really surprised. I, I would only have a nickel, Rima. It's not, I wouldn't right. have that. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. I'll give you a nickel. I'll give you a nickel. 
But wow. it was it just, I'm I'm surprised about that. It was very kind of like cold like they like that felt like it could have been like half of an episode. Like I felt like there's a lot of stuff there. Mm-hmm. But it was just a cold opening. It was a quick like, hey, they're trying to take off. Robinsons find out, they jump on, they stop them, and now we're on to the episode. Interesting. I well, that's interesting because my number five is also the cold open. So I'm just going to kind of jump in and and go into like what you said. I actually liked the cold open. I did have the feeling at first when the episode had started, I thought, uh oh, did it go too far? Because you know sometimes with Netflix episodes, how they'll like when the episode's over, it will just jump into like the next one. It'll yeah, do like yeah. an automatic replay. And sometimes that's happened to me and I haven't paid attention. So when you stop it and then you come back to watch it later, because we don't watch them ahead. We never watched, you know, I haven't watched any of the episodes ahead. And I know you haven't either. So when I started it, I thought, uh oh, did it start playing automatically and I not pay attention? And I've jumped like 10 minutes ahead. Um, so I was like, uh oh, went back and I was like, no, I am at the beginning. I actually kind of liked it. I like how they, we didn't really waste a lot of time. I do think it was kind of in- just interesting that John and Maureen, um, instead of like, like they're covered in that tar stuff, you know, the last episode they came climbing out of that tar pit from the, the, um, the chariot. So I, I find it interesting that they decided to go on to, to where that Jupiter was with Victor and his family instead of like going home and getting cleaned up. But I was okay with it because I like how they just went ahead and jumped into it. We didn't have to, there was like no wasted space. So I actually liked that part. I liked how they were affectionate towards each other. I thought it was really sweet to see them as a loving couple. And I, I liked the, the uh, confrontation with Victor and his family. Cause I like that. It's like, Victor was like, you know, when he said they were leaving, he meant right now. Yeah. He's you not know? joking around. <laughs> I mean, the last episode we left them and he's like, you know, we're getting off this planet. Um, he didn't mean in episode 10, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, he's like, cold open episode eight. Happening. We're leaving right now. So I do like that. We didn't have to necessarily, they didn't drag it out. Like he meant right now and, and they were leaving. Um, I did like the action. I I did like that sequence, John running to the Jupiter there when they were attempting to take off. And, and uh, I like that show of muscle. Did you see that arm muscle? He's John, like the yeah. guy Maxwell Jenkins, I think says, no, uh, Toby Stevens. Toby Stevens, yeah. Um, he's he's a bad, like I want to see him in more action movies. Like the next Born, like when they redo Born, like he kind of had that physique in this, I think. Yeah, he had. He's got a really good physique, and he's. I don't know his age. Um, I've seen him in some other movies and stuff. And, he's probably and, like seventy. <laughs> he looks a really good seventy, but well, um, he was he born looks, in sixty-nine, so he's okay. He's um, forty something. He almost, older. He's older than me. We'll just leave it at that and not get into too 60. much detail. He's almost sixty. Dang. Yeah. See, so I, I, can't, I can't do math. Damn. I'm telling you, the dude is fit. Those those were some serious arm muscles. I can't stop seeing those arm muscles in my head as he's <laughs> pulling himself up. I had to kind of, I might have maybe sort of kind of hit the little back <laughs> on that a couple times just to see that. Anyway, moving on from from uh, John's amazing um, tricep muscles, um, he's a he's a total like you said he's a total badass. He took a hit on the head mm-hmm. and it was just like you know that all you got you know and 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 totally laid that guy out so he's super tough loved it i like the whole cold open that we got and them stopping victor i'm you know i I get that the guy is trying to do right by his family and stuff but you know he's really putting everyone else at jeopardy and he's like you know we'll send help it's okay but it's like dude you just can't do that you can't i don't know to me that's not great leadership but um i did like the cold open i liked it differing opinions though 
Yeah, it's not that I, I wouldn't say that I didn't like it. I just, I don't know. It's one of those things that, I don't know. Maybe you could have built the episode around it a little bit more. Uh, yeah. I guess I don't like it when like these big things just kind of have a quick, because they get on the ship, they fight, they stop it, and they're like, oh, we need to work together. It's like, oh, okay, move the plot forward. It's kind of the like the feeling yeah. I get for it. I get Not that. I get that. That makes sense. Cool. It, it, it doesn't bother me too much. I think if, if, you know, if it kind of like, if the flow of the episode or the flow of the season kind of leans that way, but, and maybe it, it, it probably works better with, like, we talked about this before, with Netflix shows, if, if I'm watching it in a binge fashion, it probably isn't as big a deal, but with this where you're going kind of episode to episode, week to week, mm-hmm. you know, it, there's just parts that kind of feel like you're kind of slogging through a little bit of molasses. And then you get to a point like, oh, I'm really excited for this. It's like, oh, that was just a cold open. It's done. Okay. Now we're on to the That's true, yeah. Tick. I get what you're saying, and that, that does totally make sense. It it I was okay with it for this one, but I totally get what you're saying where it's kinda like you jump in and then boom, the kinda kinda like with the uh um the z- the zero gravity thing that Will was doing to John in the test run where it's like pulls you back real oh, quick uh, and you're like, Oh you know? <laughs> it's like, okay, action's over, let's pull you back and we're gonna slow it down for a minute. Um yeah. Okay. That's that's cool, and I totally get that. Good number five. What's your number four? All right. So my number four, I just kind of talked a little bit about Will and Doctor Smith in this. So we get the uh, the situation where I think everybody figures out, like, hey, Doctor Smith isn't Doctor Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, she still tries to play the player, or people try to even play her a little bit. Where Marine comes down and is talking with her about stuff, and you know, catches her in the lie. And the only thing I thought was weird with that is that. It seems like if if you capture this person, you're like, you're not who you say you are. The whole group should know at that point. Mm-hmm. But she's playing it like John doesn't know. And then it kind of comes to a point where like Will plays like he doesn't know that everybody knows the, this is going on. Um, but that's where this comes in. He gets down there. She's talking about her dad. And it kind of seems like she might be telling the truth because this is another time where she kind of like breaks a tear. And – she basically is giving him or trying to plant the seed that somebody else can fly the ship. Because right now we know time's of the essence. They got to get the ship in the air. They got weight issues on it. They've got issues with the things that have to take off, you know, science causing it, you know, to science, not well and science, science, science. (laughs) Yay. Science. Yay. Science. (laughs) Uh, But she's putting in his ear and shows him like, Hey, somebody else can fly this ship. And we have that right here again. Like you asked, like what's her end game? Mm-hmm. And we find out as Will puts his trust in her that she duct tapes him and causes some mischief. Ugh, yeah. Which that that kind of felt like the, uh, um, I don't know the cliche moment of or cliche situation of the episode where it's like, oh no, we can trust this evil person who's lying, and now <laughs> I'm knocked unconscious or tied up. Right. They the the Robinsons have certainly given even before they knew like that this Dr. Smith wasn't who she says that she's really this um well she's not even really uh June but um you know that she this newcomer they're just really taking her word for a lot of things like you know welcoming welcoming her on board they don't know her they're just assuming she's a good person and that she is who she says she is and kind of yeah you can stay at our Jupiter you can you know be, help us out and be a part of everything. And we're not going to question anything that you do that 
you know, is, is a little bit too unrealistic for me, but I'm okay to let some of that go for the sake of the show and, and for dramatization. But I was really surprised when she left Will. Like, yeah. I, I thought she was going to take Will with her because it seemed like she was needing Will to bring the robot back, right? Because he seems to be what sparks the robot, right? That's what. That's the gist I get. Yeah. Because she's been trying really hard and it seems like nothing she does is working. Right. So, yeah, I was kind of surprised. So... I like it. Yep. So my number four is just kind of their relationship that, or I guess the situation that we found them in this, this episode. Well, that kind of leads into my number four a little bit. Also, um, my number four is finally the cat's out of the bag. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, that we finally get Judy back from their mission with the fuel. She was spending time with Evan's family, but she, she finally gets back and, and tells her mom what's happening. And, you know, I really like, how Maureen turns the tables on Dr. Smith a little yeah. bit and she has her own, you know, she, she's a super smart aerospace engineer, but she's got some moves of her own. And I really like how she kind of turned the tables, uh, there on Dr. Smith and, you know, um, she got Will out of the way so he wouldn't be in any kind of danger. We got just them two together in the garage. I was really kind of surprised how easily Dr. Smith went along with the whole thing. Cause she seemed Right away, even before Will left, you know, kind of looking mm -hmm. at Maureen's face, you could kind of almost see, like, I think she's on to me. She knows Judy's back. Uh, she has a suspicion that Judy has found out the truth about her. Um, so I was really kind of surprised how she went along with it. But there's, I, a, there's a great book and movie, The Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Yes. Um, there's a scenario, and it very much sticks with me because I think it kind of, uh, talks a lot about human nature uh -huh. and the situation is somebody is in a room or in a, a house with somebody who they suspect is a murderer type of scenario or a bad person. Like, you know, they're a bad person. Like, you know, you shouldn't trust them. Kind of like this. It's a little bit of the reverse. Cause Dr. Smith, I think knows that Maureen knows, mm -hmm. but he, you know, in this scenario, it's kind of a human nature thing where you're like, even though, you know, you don't, and I guess it doesn't quite fit this now that I'm saying it out loud, but uh, it's kind of like you don't want to offend somebody, even though you know you should be on guard. Mm -hmm. And it kind of fits here when I think that Dr. Smith thinks she knows Maureen knows, but she doesn't actually know. Mm -hmm. So she's still trying to play the part and still trying to be the, you know, the Dr. Smith that they know of. If right. that makes any sense. It kind of does because she goes ahead and like confesses to Maureen, uh, you know, okay, yeah, I'm not Dr. Smith and tells her, you know, she tells her enough of the truth to make it kind of believable, but fills it in with some lies. But then she tells John, you know, she, you know, I, I am Dr. Smith. I don't know what Maureen's talking about. And she's still playing along, mm -hmm. you know, that she's still Dr. Smith. So I thought that was kind of interesting, you know, because I'm like... I'm not really sure what her motivation is anymore, but, you know, I really liked how she kind of turned the tables on her. She lured her and confronted her one-on-one -on -one and she locks her ass up in the garage. I was really kind of surprised at Dr. Smith's story, um, you know, how she kind of played it a little bit and how she, she, she told enough, I think of the truth is what she typically does. Because if you tell enough of the truth when you're lying, it makes it more believable. So, um, I really like how we at least now have everyone, I guess the only ones that don't know. So Judy knows 
Will kind of knows something's up because he heard his parents talking and John and Maureen know. And then Don knows, but they didn't really talk to him about that during this episode. So I like that it's finally kind of out. And for the most part out in the open, at least the adults know what's kind of happening. And uh, that John didn't let, you know, her talking shit about Maureen, you know, um, you know, like she's trying, like Maureen's trying to get rid of John by sending him on the suicide mission, you know, oh, it's kind of convenient that you're the only one that can do this, you know, um, that you can fly this mission. That whole little bit of truth. It's like, oh shit. Like, is she really like, she did try to take the kids to space without me. Yeah. So maybe she is trying to cut me out of the picture. I know. Maybe that tar pit really didn't mean anything. (laughs) Tar pit meant nothing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's good. Good number four. What's your number three? All right. So my number three uh, is just that whole simulator, the simulation. Um, yeah. I thought it was really, really clever uh, to you know to to experience G force. You know, you have those uh, two strings pulling against you, cutting off your circulation. Mm-hmm. Um, Maureen was like hammering away on this, like she was not letting up. She's tough. Yeah, you definitely saw a little bit of the situation of um, the family kind of, you know, Judy like being super cautious with her dad, but Maureen being like, no, we got to do this, we got to do this. And this was before they even knew like they only had 24 hours. Mm -hmm. At this point when they're testing, it's like, well, we have, you know, X number of days until the planet explodes or I guess it wouldn't explode. But There's still limited time, but not the 24 hours yet. Yeah, and again, that's a plot device you know it's like oh we have so much time in the world oh no radio signal <laughs> that says we don't and Damn we're not it. even ready we're yeah. failing here <laughs> yeah um let's see so oh yeah so as we're going through this like we see a montage of you know all right go left go right oh too late you're dead nope all right explosion too late you're dead they're overheating yeah. too late you're dead and, you're dead you're dead you're dead yeah. and you know we you see this like this is this is what you would want to do in this situation i think a lot of times in shows like they they you see people go gung-ho but this definitely had more of a sciencey feel to it. it's like okay we need to we need to you know demo this we need to try our best first of what we can on earth so that way we're prepared for the inevitable mm-hmm. because something's going to go wrong it always does and that is truthful. I like that because I feel like you 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 get too confident and I feel like sometimes in shows they don't always plan for those variables and plan for something to go wrong and I like that cuz I feel like I'm I, I kind of have that same mindset. You know, it's like I always hope for the best but plan for the worst. Yeah. And that's kind of like what Maureen does. She's like, you know, we're we're going to do this over and over again and no matter how perfect we get it, just know that something's probably going to go wrong and you just need to be prepared for it and know what to do. Yeah, and my favorite line was when they first started so like he's uh they're doing the whole scenario is like, "Well, I'm not dead yet." And then right away she's like, "Nope, but now you are." Now you are. Yeah. I like that. That's my number three, too. We, Sean, oh, we are in sync. We got the psychic vibes going again this week, baby. <laughs> we are in sync for sure. And not the, the boy band in sync either. Um, so I'm bye, just going to jump bye, in. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs> got to some Justin. Um, so I'll, I'll just jump in and we can just talk about that that number three. I really like that whole sequence, too. I liked how they had to figure out how to get the, this mission to work. And it made it more re- realistic because they had to work with what they have. Yeah, You know, sure. they were, you know, faking 
John passing out, which seems completely realistic that he's going to pass out as he, um, you know, uh, goes out into the atmosphere. Uh, Will's clever little idea for the G-Force. I thought that was super clever. And, you know, it just seemed, you know, for what they have to do like a whole test system and to run simulations like they do in NASA or whatever their training systems are, they did with what they could. And I loved how it involved the whole family. Yeah. Every family member played a part, so I really, really like that. And it and it was believable. It's like they didn't just say, "Oh, here's what we need to do," and it just works. Ta da! Mm. You know, they actually was like, "No, this has failed at every single thing." And when they find out from the the resolute that, "Hey, we're gonna have to get out of here in 24 hours," you know, at that point they they didn't have. They were like, "We have failed." We we can't. We have not come to a, a good solution for this yet, and we're still failing. We need to figure this out. I like that Don got to be a part of it. Yeah, I so love that. I love that. I love how you know he's like, "Oh, I've saved you two hundred pounds," and she's like, "Well, how much do you weigh?" <laughs> um, and I thought that was clever. So I like that he in this episode because I feel like he hasn't. He's he's been kind of fun. We keep joking and calling him like the Han Solo of Lost in Space, and he's been yeah. kind of a fun character. He's had a couple good lines, and I think he's fun. But I like that he at least just got to be really useful on this episode because mm-hmm. with his knowledge, his his knowledge about the ship that no matter what Marine was trying to do, it was just going to be too heavy because the engineers built in these redundant systems, um, and is only something he would know as a mechanic. So I really like that he got to be actually useful and served a you know, kind of a bigger purpose than just, you know, what he's been doing lately on the show. So I like that. I like the whole thing. I thought it was really good. It was really practical and it made me happy. Yeah. I like that the whole, <laughs> the whole family, like it wasn't a family unit at that point. It was an actual team. Like each person played their specific role and it was like, nope, Marine says it's this way and Marine's mom. So we have to go with what mom says. Like, no, I'm the doctor. I'm not your daughter, Judy. I'm Dr. Robinson. And mm-hmm. I say we have to stop. And yeah. you know, I like that dynamic because in any facet of life, if you just say like, well, that person's in such and such position, so I have to take what they say, I just think you get better results if you allow for people to play their actual roles and do what they need to do. That's true. I did like that too. I do like she, how she stepped in and reminded her mom like, well, as his doctor, you know, his heart can't take anymore. <laughs> and Ryan's uh, like, you go to your room. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. You're grounded. Um, so yeah, I, I like that as well. That it's like, yeah, we can't, we have to play it as real. You know, it has to feel as real as possible because, you know, when you actually do it, it is going to be real. So, you know, I do, I do like that, that they were taking that into consideration as well. That's awesome. Anything else on your number three? No, it kind of ties in most of it. Sweet. We're totally in sync. Let's see how we do on our number two. What you got? My number two is just totally Don West. So you kind of tagged on a little bit. So he gets put on the flight. Um, When when Maureen's kind of like, well, how much do you weigh? He's quick to be like, no, yeah, no, that's not my role. And uh, he's walking away and and Judy – oh, no, Maureen, I think it was. One of them hold up their hand and be like, whoa, wait. And he's like, nope, high five and walks out. Um, and you know, Judy Bat, you know, he's, you know, if him and Judy don't end up at the end of this season or at least this series, like there's a crime, like he has done so many things for this lady and, uh, you know, it just feels like doing the right thing sucks is kind of the thing, you know, it's like, (laughs) it's what he has to do. 
Um, and like, you know, you talked about, like, he's got the, the lines, he's got the, and you know, I hope like, I feel like sometimes that's my attitude. And like, you hope that if you're in a dire situation that you at least are yourself and you let yourself, you know, have fun a little bit mm-hmm. because you know, that's what he's, you know, he's getting strapped in. He's like, you know, if anyone asks, you know, tell them that I got paid a lot. Um, he's going on, he's like, yeah, I want a medal. You know, it may be a holiday. You know, Don West Appreciation Day has a good ring to it. Get a school named after you, yeah. all that good stuff. <laughs> uh, he talks about, like, being brave and awesome. Um, but he did a great, like, he. I don't remember what his time was when he passed out, but it was a, a little bit more than um, uh, John's. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he knew the ship. Like, he loved the ship. It was definitely, you know, Don West and the the Falcon kind of thing. Yeah. And he trusted it. You know, it was, you know, he's talking – you. You think of him as like an old sea captain back in the day. Like, you know, he would name his ship and the ship would be, you know, he would go down with the ship and all that kind of, you know, old sailor talk is what Don would have with the ship. Yes. Um, the, on- the only thing I thought was kind of weird about this, though, is after they do this one test and they make it, they're like, OK, let's do one more test. And then also they're like, no, there's not enough time. But as I'm watching this, I was thinking, I was like, well, these tests only feel like they're like 30 seconds to like two and a half minutes. So I feel like there's enough time. Yeah. But again, it's just kind of, you know, we didn't see all of it. So it could have actually taken, you know, 15, 30 minutes to set up an hour or whatever. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm trying to remember now how long they said that was going to be. I think Maureen made a point of that because I know she was talking about when, um, oh, goodness, Watanabe, the the pilot, the Asian pilot was going to originally. Yes. And she's like, well, we might as well just strap her to the hood because that's as comfortable as she's going to be. And that's as Mm. smooth as what this ride's going to get. And I thought they said it was like 70 seconds. Or at least okay. from the time that they launched till they got to at least to space. Now I don't know from space and then to the resolute, but it seemed like from from launch to to space it was going to be seventy seconds. I could be a little bit off, but um, you know it was still going to be like feeling a lot longer than that. So yeah, that feel like if the simulations were kind of running around that time, you know, that's just a little over a minute. So maybe they could have had more time, but I could be wrong. And um. And what I heard and how long that it was actually going to take. And I always but try yeah. not to like Game of Thrones it. Like I understand that, mm-hmm. you know, they don't need to show me that it takes 40 minutes to run a simulation because that'd be a whole right. episode. So, you know, I always give that stuff a little bit of a grain of salt, but it was just kind of funny. It's like, okay, let's test it. Nope, not enough time. Okay, on. Let's move on. Right. I'm okay with that. Yeah, exactly. Boy, people did bitch a lot about that last oh, season, yeah. didn't they? Uh-huh. Without giving away any spoilers or anything, but boy, people did get pissy about how could they have gotten from here to there (laughs) in this amount of time and it's like really can't you just enjoy the show can't you just be glad that we're we're, do we really have to fill in all that time can we not just get there please um i was okay with it fan service me all day long like skip the boring walking like i didn't like uh lord of the rings because it was just a movie about walking like get there get there get there yeah how long it takes to get there uh, um, but the last thing I'll tidy up on Don West is we get to see Debbie the Lucky Chicken again. Yes, that and, was adorable. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, like he shows up, he hands it to Marines, like, "Listen, I'm saving your guys' life, so you have to take care of my chicken." And uh, he talks about, <laughs> "Like, listen, just turn over on her belly, rub her belly, and she'll just purr." Um, <laughs> that was so, adorable. Y- yeah, you know, and again, this is one of those things. Like, I hope this chicken, like, 
you know, if this show ever makes it like season seven or eight, like that chicken's still there. The like we need one episode survives. where the chicken dies of old age, you know, Don's at this bedside holding the chicken's leg and be like, I swear I'll never Kentucky fry you, Debbie. <laughs> That chicken needs to make it to Alpha Centauri and live out a nice, long chicken life. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. But yeah, my number two, I think he's been on a lot of our numbers, but it's just this episode again, Don West. He has because he's he's fun to talk about and and I am happy at least with as much fun as we've had with him in the the parts that he's played. He did play a bigger, more... um, worthwhile part in this episode so i was happy for that i am a little worried i was with you on the bandwagon of the don and judy bandwagon but you know what i got to thinking a little bit more of it in this episode how she it's like he could not say no to those big brown eyes Mm. when she's like you know fluttering her eyelashes at him you know and you know wanting him to join in he's like no 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 and then he finally gives in but then i'm like gosh she is only 18 years old i don't know how old don west is supposed to be in this show uh he doesn't look that old but he you know he looks a little older and i'm just he could be pushing 30 like if you said he's 35 i wouldn't be surprised yeah i'm just like i don't know i mean it's cute but i'm like i don't know i'm now i'm starting to think i don't know i don't know if i'm okay with that and maybe that's just because i'm a mom of a daughter i don't know (laughs) if that was my 18 year old and don i got a fellow like don west you know um you know, that can't say no to my kid. I don't know. I might be just going, okay, wait a minute, buddy. Let's hold, <laughs> let's, let's, let's p- push the brakes. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it just got me a little bit, but it was kind of cute, you know, in a, in a flirtatious way. Hopefully it'll just maybe stay playful for now and, and maybe age Judy up a little bit. I don't know. Good number two. I like it. Well, that didn't exactly hit my number two, but I like what you had to say. Mine is actually uh, doing what you do and then doing it better. So just this is just a couple quick points that I wanted to make about that I thought this was one of the best episodes of the season. And I get I think that way because, you know, we did get more problem solving in this episode, which I talked about in the last episode when we were like, okay, it seemed like now we've just have too many problems to solve. Like there's just, we've got to get this, we've got to get this and, and this and everything kind of comes together. And I didn't you know, I was kind of unsatisfied with how they were playing it out. Well, we got more problem solving when there was a problem to solve, but I think it was done better. Mm. I think they did better this episode than what they did in the last one. I think it was more efficient storytelling. I think it was more creative. And I think just plain plain fun science for me. You know, I really love the tie-in we got the sequence. I, I like the tie-in, you know, and in in if, if you've, I, I don't always watch the intro, but sometimes I'll let it play out. And this time I let it play out. And I really like that. I let it play out because then later on, we got the tie-in uh, with the opening sequence with the old Mercury's yeah. and the old Apollo missions. And then Marine talks about them herself during this episode. So I really like how we had this, you know, tie in with the old technology and we get the super technology we keep seeing with this uh this season so far with lost in space they have like the super technology that they have and so i really like that they kind of brought it back a little bit a little bit old school in this one and i just thought it was super fun i've said many times and i'll say it again i'm a big space nut and geek about space and i love you know all the space movies you know, and I'm a total nerd about it. And I find it absolutely fascinating since I was a kid. So I really, that kind of really brought it home for 
for me. So to me, this was a really great episode. And what I liked that they really got this episode right. Yeah, I like that. It's kind of because I think when this show originally came out, like space was still very, you know, I don't know if we'd walked on the moon yet. because It might have been the early 60s. Maybe we just mm-hmm. walked on the moon. Uh, but like, you know, people our age, it's kind of the idea of like, oh, well, we've already been to space. We've been to the moon. Like space isn't this sci-fi as big a sci-fi thing. Like it's it's a more of a reality. It's not like a yeah. thing that oh, wouldn't it be awesome if we could get to space? It's like, oh, we've we've done that. Like, you know, we're thinking like bigger picture. But she was going through, you know, the 1962 Mercury thing where where the first manned mission. Yeah. And also the thing I thought was very interesting and kind of foreshadowing too was where she was talking about all the NASA catastrophes. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, she talked about the early ones where like even on launch where the the astronauts didn't even make it out of uh, orbit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the Challenger explosion. Challenger, which, Columbia. Yep, yeah. Happened 17 days after I was born. So it was like very, like that's something that's always kind of kids my age knew a lot about because we kind of grew up around that time frame. Yep. Um, and then, you know, the more recent ones, the, the two I think that were fairly recent. And it's just kind of, it kind of brings back a little bit of reality of the danger to this, you know, because like I think when we look at the show, it's a show, it's kind of fake, you know, and you kind of think like, oh, it's space, it's safe, it's like driving a car. But then you bring those things into the picture, it's like, well, I mean, there's there's still a lot of bad things that can happen. A lot of mistakes get made. And and she listed off the actual issues too, which I thought was very, Mm -hmm. very interesting. So I do like that. I agree that that's that is what helped kind of bring it around for me but it was kind of bringing it back old school and talking about some of those other ones and she was right you know she was talking to Dawn about that and you know she's like well do you know what happened with all of those um and uh, a mechanic said they were good to go you know that, that I'm just saying that um that's not verbatim I'm par- kind of paraphrasing what she said um which I know he took offense to, but, uh, you know, she kind of has a point in her own way. She is a perfectionist. She is a bit of a control freak. That's our Maureen. Um, so I, I know if I was her, I'd totally be doing it myself too. I'm like, mm. I, you know, fine. Yeah. You say it's good to go, but I don't trust you. I'm still going to double but check it myself. I feel like Don proved himself. And I, I might, I don't know if I said this line in my head or if he actually said it, but when she's like, you know what they have all in common, a mechanic, so like I guess he might have said like he was a mechanic but a mechanic approved these for launch Mm -hmm. and the thing that he should have came back with which felt like it would have felt like a very Don thing to say is well yeah you know the other thing they had all in common the mechanic wasn't me that approved it right I wasn't born yet yeah Yeah, that is true Um, and I I kind of wrote wrote these down the missions that were mentioned by Maureen she mentioned 1967 Soyuz 1 I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that in, or correctly or not but that's what was in the uh, notes uh, Soyuz 1 parachute failure 1971 Soyuz 11 cabin vent valve 1986 Challenger faulty o-ring seal mm. 2003 Columbia damaged thermal protection system so I didn't know what I knew what Challenger was I was in school and I remember watching it on TV when it happened because that was back when you know it was still you know they don't I don't think they watch them in schools anymore but back in the day that was you know space exploration was still pretty new this Mm. was a big deal because you know they had you know the teacher on board and I I hate that I've forgotten her name I I know it but I've forgotten it um, off the top of my head but you know they, they they made a really big deal of it so we watched it in school I remember the Columbia 
Um, but I did, hadn't heard of the Soyuz, so I looked up the 1967 Soyuz 1 mission, and it was a Russian mission. And I didn't write down the the, the pilot's name, and I, I probably should have. I highly recommend everyone kind of go out and Google that and check it out. Um, this guy, that was such a tragic story, what happened to this guy. It's like this mission was set to fail from the beginning, and this guy was they got him launched. He was in space. All kinds of things were going wrong. So they decided to bring him back early and they were still having failure after failure after failure. This guy like fell from the sky full, like with no parachute. She was right when it was a parachute failure. That wasn't the only thing that happened. That was ultimately what failed the mission. This guy literally fell from the earth full force, no parachute, screaming the entire way Mm, down like they have it recorded and this dude was molten like when it it landed this dude was molten and they showed his remains in the funeral like Mm. it was he was like laid out not in a casket and they had him laid out and the only recognizable part of him was a left heel Uh. It was awful. I, I they have pictures like I said if you go look it up it was awful. I thought this poor man um, and how I don't know why they decided to display it in that way. It seemed kind of disrespectful <laughs> to me um, and to the family to do that. But it was such a tragic story. And you mentioned a while ago, to me, the reason I'm bringing this up, not to be morbid, even though I'm a very morbid person, but um, I, I bring this up because it really does remind you uh, how dangerous these really are these missions, you know, people just take space exploration and and they just take it for granted and they hear about another, Oh, there's a new mission to space, you know, and a new mission launch or, or new, um, you know, and the, and the folks that are out on the uh, international space station and they just, they don't think about it, but these kinds of things really make you and, you know, remember the, the real danger that there is and how little room for error there really is in space exploration. And I think that that's what really brought it home for me for this episode was again, you know, how, how much risk there is involved and how we just, you know, don't think enough of the astronauts to take these risks and are brave enough to explore mm. the unknown like that. So I just well, I thought... The- the Russian one, if it, it might be a myth or an urban legend, but I'm pretty sure that he had written in his will or had told somebody that if something happens to him and his remains are recovered, to have them on display just to show oh. the to make it seem real and how dangerous it actually is and the, the actual consequences to the failures. I want to say possible. I read that somewhere. You might have. I read that I was reading uh, like two articles and they were kind of long, so I was kind of skimming. And trying to hit the highlights and, and you know, kind of like the Cliff's Notes virgins <laughs> because it was getting late <laughs> whenever I was reading this <laughs> stuff. But I really wanted to read about it. So that's possible. Um, I was just reading some of the other highlights. That's possible that that was in there. I just I thought I was wondering, like, why in the world would they display this man's remains like that um, for all the world to see and taking pictures and you know, for his family and everything else. I just, but that, if that's what he wanted and they were granting his wishes, like you said, to bring awareness to what they actually do. Um, because like I said, he was screaming on his way to, they said he was screaming in rage. Like these, these engineers have killed me. They've killed me. He's pissed off at the engineers and everything because there were so many failures with the, with the mission, with the, with the, um, 
the shuttle and things like that, uh, that everything was going wrong. And he was like screaming in rage that they're, ki- they're killing me. I guess that was kind of how the loose translation, because it was in mm-hmm. Russian. Uh, and I thought, oh, my word, how horrible. I was just, yeah. I had to just, oh, it was just awful to read. I thought, oh, my gosh, how awful. Um, Makes me missing that report the other day seemed pretty insignificant. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But yeah, I thought that was really good. I I liked how they tied all that in being a being a space nerd. So that was my number two. What is your number one? All right, so my number one, I kind of talked about it at the beginning of that of this episode, but it's the cliffhanger. Um, mm-hmm. So last episode, I was really really thinking that we were going to lose John, and I kind of feel like at this point, like you're going to get the sanitized. And I'm sure he's probably still okay, just from an outside perspective, you know, the goggles of, you know, uh, TV cliches. But um, the cliffhanger of that explosion was one of those scenarios in a, in a TV series that kind of makes me stop and be like, oh, I just uh, saw something. Yeah. Um, you know, you you, you see the, the training, you know, there's one successful run. They've got their other hero with Don. They're in the ship. You're like, oh, God, Don's not going to make it. He's not going to wake up. He wakes up because he's got his lucky feather. Yeah. And uh, we see our bad girl coming through and knocking out Marine. And you're like, oh, well, that's going to be the worst of it. And we get a very – it was kind of eerily resembling of things that we've seen in the past. Like you mentioned the Challenger and things like that. You know, this kind of resembled that same thing. You're seeing the trajectory going up. Mm-hmm. You're seeing this. You think it's going to be successful, and all of a sudden it explodes. And the reaction of the kids, you know, Judy and Penny, were kind of like, oh, uh, the reaction you think you would see. And it's kind of one of those things that, you know, when you're watching that, I think even from if you were on the ground watching that. It almost would seem fake, even if you were there, mm-hmm. because you're not in you're not in the ship. You're kind of disassociated, and I think it'd be really hard to believe that you just saw what you saw. You know, Absolutely, kind of, kind of like the events that you've seen before. It's like you always hear the dead silence. It's like what what, what just what just happened? happened? <laughs> yeah, and that's that's and you know I, they ended it perfectly. Like that's how you should end an episode. Like. You know, it's like you see that happen and then nothing else. Mm-hmm. And I think that really sets you up for like the next week's episode. So like if this was a week to week episode, I think next week you have huge numbers because it's like, oh, my gosh, did you see what happened? No. Oh, you need to watch this last week's episode. And, oh, you have to see the one that comes out to figure out what happened. Yeah, I agree. And is is ominous as that was. And that's really good because I'll just talk about it, too, because it's also my number one is the mission failure. Um I do like the cliffhanger that they ended it on. I am not exactly buying that we've lost John and Don West. You know, I feel yeah. like they're too poignant to the series that we're not going to lose them already. Um, but I do, because I'm thinking, oh, hell, did they have, uh, you know, like a James Bond ejectable seat? Like, doing, you know, they can <laughs> exit out if they have to or something Um or maybe we didn't see what we thought we saw. Because I was like, you, yeah, I was like, oh, what did I just watch? And I remember thinking that 
in whenever I was watching those tragedies, Challenger and the Columbia, you know, I remember watching that, uh, the Challenger and how it exploded and then like split in two uh-huh. and watching that on TV as a kid. And of course I'm a kid, so it's hard as a child to comprehend that exactly. But I remember, you know, I've, I'd seen launches before and you see the rocket going and going and going till you can't see it anymore until it's out of the earth's atmosphere. But when that happened, I remember, you know, we, we all kind of, in the classroom, all of us, there was a collective gasp, like, mm. what? And in a silence. And I remember thinking to myself, everybody was really quiet, but I was thinking like to myself, like, what just happened? Mm. Like, because you can't quite comprehend that that thing just exploded, that that just, what just happened really happened. It seems so surreal and you're displaced from it and you can't quite grasp it. And I had that, you know, clearly this is TV and is not real life. I don't want to make it sound like it was as big of a deal as a genre because there were real people that lost their lives and it was a a, a horrible tragic event in NASA's history um, with the Challenger and other disasters and things that happened with men and women that lost, have lost their lives um, for space exploration and to further our knowledge of space and, and what is out there that is so unknown. Um, But I remember kind of thinking the same, like, what did I just watch? What just happened? Um, You know, that couldn't have really happened. So, I don't think that they're really gone, but I think the whole end, I think it was a really good ending. I think everything that kind of happened at once, stupid Dr. Smith, why the hell she's knocking out Maureen just as this is all happening? Just, I'm like, yeah, why? That doesn't really make much sense. And I don't know if it's, again, is it an ego thing? Like, she hasn't killed anybody purposely, but like anytime, and always, the, you know, you see like you're hitting somebody in the head with a bat, like you're going to yeah. do some damage. Exactly. She's got, you know, Maureen is way too smart. You don't want to knock her out and have her lose any brain cells or, or have her brain incapacitated in any way. And and why would she do that? Like like she said, she's like, why, you know, when she was trying to pull off the whole story, you know, of still pretending to be her sister and saying mm. that she was a physicist, um, you know, Maureen was like, why would you do that? That ship is, that's your lifeline too, you know, if that ship doesn't make it, you don't make it either. That's good. So point, yeah. it's like, why would you do all this? And I and I guess because they don't know really the true story that if once she gets back to the resolute, the captain uh, and and the few folks that know who she really is or who she isn't, and they know what happened, like she allowed that guy, whether or not you say that she killed that guy or not, that dude, she did not help him when he went off in the uh, airlock. Um, they know the truth about her. So maybe that, you know, I just don't understand why she feels it's better to stay on this planet that is essentially going to die and kill them. Yeah. Um, instead of just going ahead and facing, I don't know. I just don't see it. Well, I feel like that's the situation. It's like, oh, well, there's a dire situation. You proved you're useful. Okay, let's go with your real name and get you on this planet. But if it, like, what are you going to do if you, you I, and maybe that's what she thinks the robot's going to do is take him to, take her to robot planet. Mm-hmm. Or she'll be the only human on Robot Planet <laughs> and be the the ruler. I don't know. She like C three PO in uh, <laughs> Return of the Jedi. She'll be seen as a god. <laughs> That's hilarious. I don't know. I just I didn't really like that. I didn't, and I didn't think it was such a coincidence that to me this was a better episode of Lost in Space, and the majority of it she was locked up, and there was less of her. Yeah, so I'm kind of getting a little bit wore out on her yeah. just a little bit. So So your your ideal episode is a lot of Don, a lot of Marine, <laughs> and a little bit of muscles from John. Yes. And then a lot of robot. Maybe a little bit more muscles from John, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, that was my number one too. That was really good. Just a lot of questions though. A lot of questions for next week. I like that this was in the eighth episode, so there's two more to go. Mm-hmm. So definitely setting up for a good fin- couple episodes, like you know, the penultimate and the uh, finale. So I'm I'm pumped for it. I'm ready to see this thing see this thing to the end. I am too. So if you don't have anything else on your number one, do you have some notes? Um, so, uh, on a couple of notes on like the takeoff, um, we talked about a little bit earlier, but science stuff, lots of science stuff. Um, the lucky chicken feather. I thought that was pretty clever. Um, I guess the, the only complaint is there are certain times when they're doing the takeoff, it felt like a very dramatic situation, but I didn't get that it was actually a dramatic situation. Mm Um, and I don't know if that comes from, uh, just, and again, you're like, I don't know if like, well, we've trained for this, so we kind of feel more comfortable, but it definitely kind of felt like there wasn't as much of a dire, I guess, feel from the actors in that, that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no like big quibble, but just kind of felt like it was, could have been a little bit more feeling of like, uh, suspense maybe is the best way to put it. Which they capped off perfectly at the end. So they kind of made it seem not as dramatic, and all of a sudden you dropped off with the dramaticism. So, okay, there. Um, let's see, we talked about the 24 hours. Um, the Robinsons, uh, John and Maureen, they had a really cute dollar betting game at the very beginning. Yeah. Um, John's been keeping track for a long time in hopes that one day he'll be able to pay off his debt. <laughs> Which I thought was cute. It was cute. Um, and that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I touched back on to like I love that they talked about the the NASA uh, real life events, and they talked about using um, yes. the 1962 Mercury as a a reason or a example of how they could get into space. So um, I definitely like that they're bringing some realism into it as well. Me too. All right. So a couple notes that I have. One of them that really stands out is that little scene between VJ and Penny. Uh, when she's like, oh, hey, we need to talk. And they're sitting in, looks like one of those chariots. And I'm thinking, VJ, you're a little jerkweed. Um, what a turd right here. He, They have that little conversation, and he's just sitting there like with his tail between his legs and his head down. He mumbles, sorry. And then he's like, you know, she's like, what, are you breaking up with me? And he's like, well, we were never together, were we? And I was just like, you little shit. The fact that she didn't reach over and like punch him in the face. I'm sorry. I'm probably not supposed to advocate violence, but (laughs) I felt like at least like a smack on the back of the head. Like what the hell's wrong with you? You know, I don't know how many people are populating Alpha Centauri and the population looks pretty small with the folks there that are all abandoned on this planet uh, from the Resolute. You know, do you really want to be burning all your bridges and pissing off, you know, what, you know, is essentially a very limited dating pool. Yeah. Girls talk, man. The word's going to oh, get out. that's a good point. He could get kind of, uh, you know, put into the no dating zone. Yeah. He's like, that get, would be worse than the friend zone. He's going to get blacklisted, man. It's like, that, oh, yeah, don't date, don't date that guy. He's a bad kisser. Yeah. It's going to, yeah, he's in for it. So I was really pissed off at VJ. He, I was coming around to him thinking he was, you know, going to be decent boyfriend material but uh, he went and broke Penny's heart, and um, I didn't like how he handled that at all. He he needs a, a redemption, and he needs to do it quickly for him to come back around. 
Um, I was thinking during this episode, and and it, it might have occurred during other episodes, but it just seemed to me more prevalent for me during this episode that Will is the Carl of Lost in Space. Mm, <laughs> like, yeah. Where's Will? Where's Will? <laughs> it's like he's never where he's supposed to be. They just assume he's here or over there and uh, that he's, you know, like Carl's always in the house. Nope, Carl's not in the house. He's out doing something he's not supposed to be doing. <laughs> See Rick running out. Will! Everybody's like, where's Will? <laughs> oh, well, he's here. And I'm thinking, oh, he's like the Carl of Lost in Space from That's The Walking funny. Dead. Anyway, I thought that was just kind of a funny little thing. I really liked when uh, Don and Maureen had their little sweet I love yous, and then Don piped in, I love you too. Oh, yeah. That was pretty good. <laughs> really Again, it's, it. the, it's like if you're in that kind of situation, it's like I, I, you got to be yourself. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he really was. I, I thought it was a super sweet moment, but then it was broken up by, you know, Don and his humor and it was appropriate. Everybody thought it was funny and got a little laugh out of it. And it kind of, um, kind of lightened up the situation a little bit because it was pretty intense. I mean, they're getting ready to go on this really dangerous mission. They don't know if they're going to make it or not. So, you know, I thought, I thought it was a, a, a funny little moment. And I laughed out loud at that one. I liked the family's pro and con table meeting mm, that they yep. had. That was a good callback. Yeah, a really good callback. So I liked that whole thing back and forth. Um, thought it was really sad. You know, Will is like really starting to kind of rebuild his relationship with his dad, kind of gets his dad back because his dad's been gone for a long time on all of these missions. So he's kind of getting his dad back. They had a nice little moment when uh, Will was, uh, I can't remember exactly what he said that he was doing, but he was working on the Jupiter and, and you know, making things better and more efficient. And um him and his dad have that little talk and then they have this, this, um, family meeting and, you know, he's, you know, feeling really bad about it. And, you know, he's like, I can't send you to die. He's talking about the robot and what he did. So I liked all of that between them. Um, when the family was saying goodbye to John, when they were getting ready for the launch and, you know, they're all giving their hugs and kisses. I thought it was super heartwarming, also heartbreaking. I really, really felt that. Like I said, I totally buy this group of, uh, of actors as a family. To me, they really pull it off. They all they do, seem yeah. a true family, a true family dynamic, you know, the sibling rivalries, the, the siblings Although they have rivalries, they still look out for each other. John and Maureen, I totally buy as a true couple. Um, So I thought it was super sweet and heartbreaking, their little goodbyes as they were telling um, John goodbye that it might be the last time that they see him. One other thing that I thought, one last thing that I'll mention, um, I talked a little bit about it before uh, with Maureen and Dr. Smith when she's like, you know, well, I'm a physicist and, you know, you don't know what I could have done to that Jupiter. And I'm like, you know, Maureen, you are a super smart woman. Why didn't you throw out some challenging physicist type questions to challenge her to, to, you know, because she's lied about who she was. She's not really Dr. Smith. Now she's telling you she's a physicist. What about asking her, like, which Swedish scientist had a temperature scale named after him? How many colors are there in the spectrum when white light is separated? What does C represent in the equation E equals MC squared? You know, uh, those are things I don't know. Okay, I, I kind of knew the C thing. But the others I didn't really know um, or pay attention to. So I'm guessing a physicist, however, would know the answer to those. Why didn't she challenge her at that? But, hey, this is a dramatic show. You know, we got to have something, you know, to kind of 
build up the intensity. So I'm okay with it. But I thought, come on, Maureen, why, why, you know, she said that she didn't really believe her, but she could have been like, okay, if you're really a physicist, riddle me this. Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. So. Kind of, again, playing the player, kind of yeah. making her role seem. Exactly. So that's all that I had for my notes. Good notes. Good notes. Good top five. I like it. So now we're ready to hear from our second sponsor of this week. All right. Well, we've been talking about these guys for a while. And if you are into leather and custom leather built things, you need to check out Laux Leatherworks. So if you want custom leathers, uh, custom leather wallets, leather belts, these are high quality handmade leather things. So if you go to etsy.com slash shop slash Laux Leatherworks, it'll be in our show notes. You can get $5 off anything you buy by using our coupon code that'll be available for a few more weeks. And that is strange 2018. If you have a custom order that you want, you want that belt with some cool like dragons or lightning bolts, make sure you send that request to dlaux at lauxleatherworks.com. So again, go out to etsy.com slash shop slash lauxleatherworks and use the promo code STRANGE2018. You'll get $5 off anything you buy. Sweet. Five bucks, people, is five bucks. Yeah. I like it. And if you buy something, send us a picture. Yeah, I want to see your, you know, leather helmet, your leather belt, leather <laughs> pants. I want to see what you buy. And if it's got dragons on it, send me two pictures. Yeah. Um, love me some dragons. Yeah, send us some pictures of what of what you guys are getting and tell us what you think. I'm I'm truly interested. I'm gonna have to check these fellas out. Thanks, guys. All right, so this week we have a couple messages from the Resolute before they leave orbit due to the black hole. (laughs) The first one that we have is from Jennifer Hollander. She says, once I hit episode seven or eight, I had to just binge the rest of the show. It is so good. I'm this ep. I love that Maureen locks Dr. Smith up and finally has a little clue about the truth to Dr. Smith. Seeing a mother defend her family in such a way is always good TV. My favorite part, though, is watching John go through his training for takeoff. She cuts him no slack and just keeps pushing and pushing for it to be perfect. I know Don is kind of a selfish ass, but I still love this character and love seeing how the girl can't keep the names straight. Penny? No, Jennifer, it's Judy. Um, uh, I do the same thing. Yeah, I know. I'll have to tell her about that later. She's a friend of mine. Um, or how the girl affects him. I'm glad to see the two guys head out and try to save the day. But then to see the ship blow up is so heart-wrenching. Ooh. I know. You know like she she kind of called uh, Don a selfish, selfish ass. But to me, he kind of, like I said, he kind of seems like that Han Solo or that uh, Malcolm Reynolds type of character. Like the hard outer shell. Like, oh, I only care about myself and money. But he's going to come in and save the day. He's just a big old puddle of goo on the inside. Yeah, that's okay. All right, so we have some emails. So this one is from last week's episode, Pressurize. So it's the only slight criticism I have of the series. Why didn't Don back up after the guy was pulled free? Penny had already said that it only needed to be lifted an inch. The president says that because it's pressurized, but I don't get that statement. Unless they were worded that dropping it back down would result in more damage. Rima, you are a badass princess, Steve. I didn't even see that line in there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a badass, princess. 
Steve. Yeah, I yeah. kind of noticed that too. It's like, we only need to go up an inch. And he went up like a foot and a half. Hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe once you release that pressure, there's no putting it back on. Maybe, maybe. that once you've opened it up, that there is is nothing to, like if you flatten it, like once you've, like let's say you lifted it up just enough to pull Evan out and then slam the tanker back down, maybe it would have stopped the rest of the leakage of the fuel. I don't know. That's a good catch, Steve. I guess we didn't really talk about that much. That I, I guess maybe I didn't pick up on that. So thanks for pointing that out. This is why I love getting feedback from you guys. You kind of bring up stuff that we kind of miss. Interesting. You know what? They needed it to happen for drama. They they just uh, yep. they didn't have any more uh, room for, for poor Evan. They're like, so. it was gravity, Steve. <laughs> right. All right. Next email we have says, hey, guys, I believe Victor made the right choice of trying to save his family with the information he had at the time. Being the colony leader, he should be the one to get help for the others. His only fault was telling Maureen that Judy was responsible for losing most of the fuel. That was a low blow. What's your thoughts on this? You know what? We're going to come back around. Number two, on second watch, I realized that they were stripping Victor's Jupiter 4 to make the flight. That's why Maureen asked him for his flight code and he responded, why not? You've taken everything else. Wow. Of all the Jupiters, they had to take Victor's. Another kick in the teeth for the colony leader from the Robinsons. Do you agree? Uh, number three, I like Don's input from the perspective of a mechanic versus Marine the engineer. He felt the Jupiter couldn't lose the redundant sy- sim- systems in case one slacked off. He also knew as a mechanic that the Jupiter could handle more heat than Marine figured out on paper. His working knowledge of parts is just as valuable as Marine's scientific data. What's your take on this? Number four, breakups are tough, even for teens. But I'm looking at things from VJ's point of view. Oh, this should be interesting. When he met Penny, she blackmailed him into not telling him about the robot. Next, she flirted with him enough to get him to drop his responsibilities, helping clean up after the planet beast brought down the antenna. Then she made him promise not to tell the planet's fate to his dad, who was not pleased finding out at the last minute. Penny, Penny has caused a rife between VJ and his dad. I don't blame him for not wanting to hang out with her. What does a scorned woman do? She tells him he was a bad <laughs> kisser. I wanted VJ to say, how do you know? That could be taken any number of ways. What do you think about his decision? I'm going to let you know here in just a second. <laughs> not sh- Number five, not sure what's Dr. Smith's end game. By stopping the flight, she will die on the planet with everyone else. Better to be saved and face the music on the Resolute, I would think. Her actions in this episode prove she is a chronic liar and has no endgame and has mental health issues. Do you agree? Last, poor Will Robinson, his self-esteem, will take another nosedive when he finds out what Dr. Smith has done because he let her out. Darnell. All right, Darnell, we're going to circle back up to your number one about... um, Victor being or having or making the right choice to save his family. Um, and his only fault was telling Marine Judy was responsible for losing most of the fuel. That was a low blow. What are your thoughts? What do you think? Yeah, do you think he was right? Cause we, he's the leader. Yeah. We touched on that a little bit. And it's kind of that situation yeah. of, you know, if it's me and my family or, you know, saving 30 or not even really potentially saving 30 other people. Like I know I can't save 30 other people. But I know I can save my family. 
I'm going to lean on saving my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, if there's a situation that like, is like, oh, well, if we do this, we can save everybody. Obviously, I'd go that route. But he knows there's not enough fuel. And he knows he thinks this is the only way to even remotely save his family. So I kind of feel like you, you could say it's a jerky move. Um, but in the situation, it's like, well, do we all die together or do I give my family the best chance to survive? Right. I think it's pretty tough because he is in a position of power. He is the leader and he is supposed to make best decisions for the entire group. And in this situation, he's making decisions as a father and a husband and doing what's right for his family. This reminds me of Airspace or um, Air Force One, the movie with Harrison Ford. He's the president and he's got to make good decisions for everyone on board because he's responsible for every Mm. single person on that flight. But his wife and his child is also on the flight and they accuse him. They want to like veto his power and overrule what he says because he's like, he's not thinking like a president. He's thinking (laughs) like a father and get off my plane. Right. And who was in that? But Gary Oldman, who was also in the movie (laughs) lost in space. Hello. No quinky dink there. I think No, I'm just totally pulling that out of my ass. It's, it's true, but I'm totally pulling it out of my ass. Um, so I don't know if it's, it's right. I know if I'm in that position, if, if I'm a leader, but I'm also a mother with her family there, I don't know, but you know, Maureen seems to be trying to make the best, not just for her family, but for the entire group. She's trying to find solutions mm. to save everyone. Well, and I think she understands that the the VJ and his family could not get off the planet with what they had. Mm-hmm. So I think she, like she's breaking down the same thing. Like, listen, you're going to take off and explode because of the weight and all this other stuff. You don't have enough fuel. So if you do that, my whole family's dead. So I need you to not screw this up and keep this here so we can figure out a plan together. So even right. then she's like she was doing something for the good of the group but could be argued for her family cuz she knew something that he didn't. Well, and if she succeeds her family succeeds and then the whole group succeeds. So I'm I'm seeing it that way. And on his number 2 he's talking about the decision to strip Victor's Jupiter 4 to make the flight. Um, and how it seems like maybe he's kind of, it's a kick in the teeth uh, for the colony leader from the Robinsons, do I agree? I think that the decision to use Victor's was because he had the fuel. Yeah, that would be my Every, guess. Everyone else was out of fuel. He took that 17.4% of fuel that they had salvaged from that accident and, and what was left over in that tanker. And he used it to fuel his ship well, it's easier just to use his Jupiter to strip it down and use it for launch versus trying to transfer that fuel to another Jupiter or to another tanker and move it to somewhere else to strip it. It's just go ahead and use it. So I think it was just practical purposes to save the time um, because they had a lot of work to do to strip all of the, the, the things that they needed to strip it for to get the weight down. Um, the third one was Don's... Uh, knowledge being put to use and knowledge of parts and how he was valuable. I think we've already talked about that a little bit and we liked it. We liked that Don got his input and I think it Mm -hmm. made sense. I think it made total what he was talking about, whether or not now I'm not a mechanic, nor am I an engineer. um, But I think it made total sense that he would have that inner knowledge that, you know, when a, when an engineer looks at the specs of a ship and says, okay, these 
parts, these mechanisms weigh this much, but Don knows because he's the mechanic and works on these ships is there when they're built and such that they put in more systems than what is listed and that things are heavier than what they know about, that it makes total sense. So it made sense to me whether or not it's actually valid. So I was well, good with it. He's made that trip a bunch of times too. So he would That's definitely true. understand what was going on. That's true. He's been back and forth already. These, this is the first trip for those folks. He's got to know those Jupiters inside and out. So, all right, the breakup, the number four, I think I've kind of let my feelings be known about, I think you have a point. Yeah. Penny probably was not very forthright when they first met. She did blackmail him. I, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, frost over anything that she has done. It probably was not great. However, he could have been a better person and handled it a little bit better. I believe that that you shouldn't be an asshole if you thought this other person's an asshole. Nobody wins in that. Just just rise above, dude. Just rise above. That's a teenage breakup. Like Everybody stoops pretty low and nobody wins. And you got to have the last word. The person who gets the last word, I think, wins in those. Yeah. And and if this was an adult breakup, she wouldn't have been saying he was a bad kisser. She would have been saying something else, which I won't repeat here. I think. Yeah, you are bad <laughs> at holding hands. Right, you are the worst hand holder ever. <laughs> um, Doctor Smith's end game. What what do we think about that? Um, in this episode, she proves she's a chronic liar, has no end game, and has mental health issues. I think she does have mental health issues. I think she's seen many counselors or therapists over her lifetime. That's why she's able to speak about it so well. She knows how to play it because she's probably been to many of them. It's not just what she's reading. I don't know what the hell her end game is. I feel like her motivation is gone. Yeah, I have no clue what her end game. And I, and it's kind of funny because like knowing what the old TV show is like, Dr. Smith was a big character. Mm-hmm. And so like, what's going to happen with her in season two? Like, is she going to just like magically be part of this ship now? Or is she going to like still be like the, the bad guy somehow? Like I, season two, like I'm very curious about. Yeah. I'm, I don't know a whole lot about, we still don't even have like a date. So I don't know about casting. I don't know about a date. I don't know the characters and who's going to be there and who's not. So I don't know. I am questioning though. Now what is her end game? Because I think her motivation for everything that she was doing from the time that we met her is gone now. So now what? So I don't know. Don't know if I like that or not. So thanks Darnell. Great. Yeah. Good email. Great thoughts as always. We appreciate that. Okay. Now we got a voicemail from Steve. Hey, Raymond Sean. It's Steve from Oklahoma. And uh, I've got a bunch of notes about this uh, episode of Lost in Space Trajectory. So hopefully this won't go too long. Um, But uh, uh, was Dr. Smith planning to hurt Maureen there at the beginning? She was kind of wrapping that cord or uh, whatever that was uh, around her hands or something else. Not sure. But obviously... By the end of it, we see that she did intend to hurt uh, Maureen. She uses uh, her sister's name, and that kind of helps convince Maureen about kind of who she is. But then she tries to swing a whole different story to John, and he doesn't fall for it. So she's just evil. I just I thought maybe she was just like a con person and didn't really want to hurt anybody, that every, every time somebody got hurt... She was genuinely sorry about it, but I really think she's just evil now at this point. Um, And why is Don so cavalier? He's eating yogurt 
right after they've come back and they have this revelation about Dr. Smith and he doesn't tell anybody. He lets uh, Judy, Penny, the doctor one, handle it. Um, so uh, it's just crazy. Um, I loved Will jumping up every time to shut the door, open the doors uh, to simulate the G-Force. That was, that was pretty funny, him uh, hopping up there every time. Uh, the father-son uh, bonding moment that they had was really great. I loved how uh, Will asked if Dr. Beckert was okay after hitting his dad uh, with the crowbar. But uh, the, the best quote of the whole episode's got to go to the uh, anthropologist, the, the biologist, who when somebody says the planet is dying, he says, no, it's just entering a phase malignant to human life. So anyway, uh, uh, love hearing what you guys have to say and uh, talk to you soon. Oh, thanks, Steve. Great email yeah, Steve, as always. Great voicemail. Yeah, I love that that little line at the end. It's like the planet's dying. Well, technically, it's not dying. Which I don't know if I heard somebody else say that or I had that thought like as they were saying it, just kind of like, well, I mean, it's not technically dying. It's just kind of entering a phase where humans can't exist on it anymore. Right. It's just gonna it's gonna kill us, but it's it's not dying. Um. Yeah, that was really good. All those were really great thoughts, some really great lines in this one. And yeah, that whole sequence, Will jumping up and down to do that G-Force thing. Gotta love Will. You know, he might have failed that test and all, but, you know, he still really served some purpose. And mm-hmm. he he's a smart little kid. I really liked also when he was working with his dad. Like, he's working under, I and I cannot remember exactly what it was, but he's working on something on the Jupiter. And his dad asks him, that's when John comes in and sits with him and they spend some time together. And he asks him, well, how long do you think it's going to take? And he's like, oh, about an hour. And he goes, well, how long if I help you? And he goes, oh, probably two. <laughs> 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 thought that was really sweet that little will he's such a scamp anyway thanks guys so much for taking the time uh, to write into us and leaving your voicemails i love the voicemails i and especially you know steve leaves really great voicemails i love his voice i met steve at walker stalker which we've known each other through our facebook group and the patreon facebook group um that, that jason has um with podcastica so i've known him for a while just through the group but I actually got to meet him in person at walker stalker nashville this year and that was a true pleasure steve is as great a person as he sounds um so he's he's a true great person and thank you steve for the feedback thank you everyone that takes the time to write in and give us your thoughts on this show because you guys catch stuff that we don't and i love hearing what you have to say yeah thanks everybody all right so next week we'll be covering the ninth episode from lost in space titled resurrection so judy sets out the fine marine while will and penny lead an expedition to the caves Dr. Smith pursues a new escape plan. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> excited. Oh, excited. Episode <laughs> nine will be at the, at the penultimate oh, yeah. episode. So golly, we're, we're here already. How do we get here? Um, well, we're super excited for you to join us on Jupiter two while traveling through space. You can follow us on Twitter at strange T cast. You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. And you can check us out on Instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod. You can email us at strangerthingscastpod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. 
And you can find Strange Indeed in a bunch of other great podcasts like the Legion Cast at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed or any of the other great Apple uh, Podcastica podcasts on Apple Podcast. Go Podcastica! Make sure to check out Sean in his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, comes out every Sunday. Yeah. You're like the X-Files every Sunday, like clockwork. Every Back in Sunday. The day. Goes, ba, 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 da, da, da. that's the song, right? <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> All right, well, that's our sh- <laughs> All right, well, that's our show, episode 43, Trajectory. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And Steve Brown is strange indeed.